This week on Wellness and Wonder, Francesca and I are in conversation with Alfred George Bailey, photographer, cinematographer and director, all about the life through a lens. Come and join the conversation. Okay, well, welcome back to another episode of Wellness and Wonder. I'm Paris Yvette. Hello, welcome to Wellness and Wonder. I'm Francesca D'Amico and today we are hosting the amazing Alfred we are super happy to introduce him. Uh, first, I would like would love to make a little introduction about what cinema is for me. And uh, I would love to start saying that it comes from the Greek. It means movement, like an emotion. It creates a movement within us and outside us. So yeah. in front of us, which is which I find amazing. And uh, the cinema, it, it truly, you know, is philosophically um, to understand a movie, one must look at it as a visual concept in motion. That's why, Alfred, I would love to ask you, uh, if I was a director, I would always say, I dream for a living, like always Spielberg reminds, reminded us. What would you say about that? That's a really great uh, quote from Spielberg, I dream for a living. I, I just think it's a chance for one to share stories, tell stories, and hopefully the work that you do or the thing that's within you can benefit others or someone will see, they'll sit in a cinema or watch something or watch it on a device, whatever, and watch it at home and they will be inspired, moved, emotionally touched, or they feel within them, they feel a sense of, oh my God, there's something that I've always wanted to do and I haven't done it and I'll do it, or... I was going through a lot of pain and now something that's on the screen helps me to ease that pain or relate to it or I was feeling down and now I feel joyous or I'm in a good place and I want to be scared, you know? <laughs> you know yes. The cinema has all of this power. Incredible. Which I love. And it's just, it's such a magic thing, actually, obviously, as Francesca said, you know, to have you here and, you know, let's talk about this journey of what cinema is to you from the director you are, the cinematographer, and what this whole process, having, living your life through a lens, talk about that. How does that go? How do you get into that journey? You know, for those who won't know, you're actually a very established jazz musician as well. And so here we are today as an accomplished man of cinema how do how do we get here wow um do you know my journey isn't uh, or hasn't been conventional in the sense like i knew exactly what i wanted to do until a little bit later in my life so i've always been moved visually by film but i got into film much later in my life but i it's the still image i started off as a photographer i'm just moving my life forward but that was the one thing that uh, i always had a, an eye for something and always saw things and, and as a young child I, I was um how can i say i wasn't very well as a child so i spent a lot of time healing recuperating and getting myself and being you know getting well and in the UK, Francesca, there was a thing called a Wednesday matinee and it was on telly and it usually was very cheesy Hollywood films from the 1930s, 40s and 50s. But occasionally they have a period where they showed film noir and the very first film to inspire me, and I'll tell you about the very first person to inspire me, but the very first film that inspired me was Citizen Kane. Uh, at the time I was very young, I think I was must have been about nine, eight or nine. And I was watching a film like this, and I didn't realize at the time that I was falling in love with cinematography. And I didn't realize, and I wasn't scared of it. It didn't frighten me, which is, you know, some kids of that age would be, oh, it looks a bit dark, and, you know, there's lots of, you know, it looks a bit 
and maybe there's there is subject matters I didn't understand at the time, but I, I was very I was very moved by all the shapes and the colours and well black and white because there's so many eternal values of even black and white, and I was falling in love with cinematography at a very young age. So that's how that happened. But as a child. Another thing that inspired me was paintings and books about art. I would say, Alfred, about what you just said, that uh, confusion always brings something magical afterwards, like creativity or a realization. So it always good to, it's always good, let's remember to our friends, guests, that it's always nice to suffer because sufferance can bring something positive afterwards. Yeah, and there's a thing in the business that we call happy accidents, where you could be on the set, or you could be creating something, or you could be filming, and something will happen, and that accident will generate something incredibly positive. And what it will do, it will cause a chain of events to happen that you'd be like, oh, wow, this is incredible. That happened with my last film, I Still Breathe. Wow. Uh, the DOP I worked with, Matteo Bangrazzi, he's Italian. Uh, he's the guy's incredibly gifted, this young guy. He's gonna, he's gonna be. He's going to be something. And we we're on set and we had this happy accident. We were both standing there and he looked at me and he goes, oh my God, he goes, happy accident. And the person who was going to do a performance stood in the shadows a certain way. And then the light, because they were just literally placing the lights, we weren't really ready yet to say it was going to go there. Her shadow cast, a, it just cast a long shadow. She was just rehearsing and practicing. And we were looking at the shadows on the ground. We, we just said, right, right, let's do the setup here now because we filmed her at a distance. And there is a section where she's dancing. You saw she's performing and she's moving. And her shadow is so long and it's just going on and it's just really a beautiful shape and a form. And for some reason that gave us, or gave me, definitely gave me the idea that she was using that as a way of thinking about time and how things haven't changed. They are changing, you know, struggling. And it was just this kind of the light, the way it shone through her and the shadows long and just the wow. way she was moving and contorting her body. It's just a moment to reflect, and it reminded me of reflection. So those things happen, and they happen a lot on set. They happen when I'm on the road, when I was filming. Sometimes you get to interview somebody, and especially when you're doing it as an independent filmmaker, and uh, um, you have to think on your feet, and you have to literally see a situation where I'm going to interview someone, or who, and you go to their place, and you don't have light set up, and you... And thank God for modern technology because modern equipment, you know, you don't need a light meter. You can literally look around and go, okay. And you have to think, where's the best place to place them? That they, it would complement them. And everybody's different. Skin tones, hair color, big, small, thin, black, white, all different races. You know, it's, how am I going to do this? The light could be really flat and gray. It could be sunny and beautiful. It could be... Really bright, really shady, really bright. You know, so you have to deal with all of this stuff and how to handle it. And I love that because it makes you think uh, on your feet. So those are the things that uh, inspire me as well. Yes, so with all those details to take care about, there is also the connection you have to build with your actors and with the surroundings. So, yeah. you don't, so it is uh, quite, uh, it's one of the most complete uh, jobs and more difficult in a way because uh, there is so much going on and you have to handle everything as a director, right? You do. I think like everything, nobody, no one person is an island. So uh, if you have a great team around you and you collaborate, that's the way 
you're 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 onto a winning streak, and if you feel you can do it all by yourself, you can't. I mean, my first two films, I shot them, did the sound, interviewed stills, because it was out of necessity more than just because I was being I was trying to prove a point. It was um, because of budgetary measures and stuff like that. But um, uh, if you have a great team of uh, people around you, you know. Yeah, it's gonna work. And a direct, yeah, and a director <laughs> is the person who is seen as the one who controls the whole team, but also he needs to have confidence so he doesn't have to worry about the team. So if you have a great team and they're doing really well, then you it makes your job a lot easier as a filmmaker. That's true, and you enjoy it even more too. You do because you put the trust. It's about trust, and if you trust the people you're working with. Um, yeah. and you just go this is it I'm trusting you you've had the discussions it's like the way that Matteo and I work as you know he's a DOP and I'm a director and I shot so I and the week speak the same language so uh, he'll say so sometimes he just has to look at me and I just laugh and I'll go I'm not going to have that he's going <laughs> and we laugh because there's a non-verbal communication because he knows what's going on in here and there's a thing you do is, the director has to do a shot list and the shot list breaks down everything that's in here. So without that, he won't know what I want. And I need him to know, the producer needs to know that. So when you go on set and you're making stuff, then they know exactly what's, what's required. So um, I have to say, these are the colors I like. This is the shot, I want a medium shot coming in here. It's a blow by blow. This scene, the opening is gonna be like this. This is gonna do like this, and this can all change. Right, but on the set, this is the way things happen all the time, and it's just like, oh, do you know what? I love the way they're doing this. This is true, this, you know, and that happened a few. It's happened quite a lot, but then I give that to him. I write it out, and then they he'll go, ah, great. And the person who's the lighting person needs to know what colors I'm thinking about, you know, and all of this is here. You got to hand it over as best as you can, and you have to trust them and their creativity to run with it. Amazing. that's the thing, it's trust. It's all about going, there you go. You have to have, obviously, this overriding sense of belief in your team. Now, you obviously threw some terminology in there. So for our listeners who aren't aware, give us a rundown of who your team would be. So you, you use the terminology DOP. Give us who right. your direct... So for those who obviously are interested in cinema, want to know in your position what your team would look like, let us know. And this is all, Paris, this is all, Francesca, dependent on the size of your budget and the size of your, <laughs> the size of your production. So the top of the, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the top of the tree is the director. The next down would be, the next down would be either the producer and uh, who works with the uh, who works with the director and the DOP? They I reckon. Well, I reckon it's director DOP. The relationship between the director and a that's called a director of photography. So that's what a DOP stands for. Right. And then there's the first AD, which is the first assistant director. Works well, with, yeah. between. Sometimes some films, if you look, you'll see first assistant director, second right. AD, third AD major budget films need that amount of people around then after that you have the sound and then you got the guys who, who work with the sound guys then you have a thing because of digital the digital times we're living in, living in there is a uh, someone on set there's um an, you can have a person on online on the on set taking all the data and backing it up and storing it and they're called a dit <laughs> which is a digital assistant you know they're there literally just to 
crunch all the stuff. You know, there's a camera assistant, so the DOP has his assistants. Wow. He has, an, uh, he, he'll have a, uh, an assistant camera operator. There's the clapper loader, who generally is sometimes the first assistant. You know, they'll load it, they can do that job as well. And there's a grip. A grip is the guy who does all the stuff like all the, all the, all the, all the, um, making the grips can do the, the dollies, the trucks that, that load. So if, if the camera's sitting on there with the director, we're all just with the DOP and the director's there, and you want to move in, you move it on a dolly. Which is a cart with, with a track. So it, it's I can't, I'm not going to describe everything because we'll use all our time up. But it's, <laughs> it's really big, and then it can be really small, and people can do many jobs. But what I've done in my career, I mean, so far I've learned because I've had to do it myself. I was my own DOP, my first AD. Wow. I was doing the sound recording interviewing as well doing the stills producing tracks with a soundtrack because i was you know my music background helping to do that too music is everything alfred and this part of the movie is part of the absolutely absolutely yes it really is and and francesca it's it's to me uh uh, music is key because sometimes if you watch a film and you think something doesn't feel right the sound's not right the music is not right for the film and you think there's something if something's not right, or they get the visuals right, and then the audio. If something's not right, or the or the or they get all the sound right, and then the visuals is wrong. It's having it's making sure that everything fits. But music, I guarantee both of you. If you think of the one of the films that you love most, you I guarantee the most famous films on earth. They are all known to people by their soundtracks: Star Wars, Close Encounters, Jaws, Godfather. Godfather. Yeah. Godfather. <laughs> the Godfather. <laughs> no, no, you know, every every one of those films, like well, Sergio Leone, I used to love, so I knew all the spaghetti western stuff, and that was like my part of my my growing up. So you know all of those um theme tunes, like they, they're embedded in your brain. You can't get rid of them. And you just go, you, as soon as you hear like Alessandroni, he was the guy who did all the whistling, you know, ah. Well, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. Or you hear the three, you hear the four or the five tones, you know, that's Close Encounters, Jaws. Yeah. Hey, Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock, the, the, the string, don't you? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, the films would not be the same without it. It can't, it's not possible. Following the music, we also get in touch more with the theme, behind the scenes, because we yeah. get lost in that moment following the moment of the actual movie. It's yeah. pure connection. What I was actually going to say as well, I think there's probably another episode in here, to be honest with you, because we can go into music and movement, you know, really the impact that that would have in the visual yeah. work, because, of course, this is a whole other world, you know, of course, Francesca. It really is. You know, I think we spoke briefly, and obviously the events you did with FAM, you know, you set up this, the landscape to match the yeah. music, you know, she would time the performance to match the art form. And, and of course, it's all movement. Connect. Yes, it's all connected. But You were the queen of the music, let's not forget. Stop, stop, stop. We did our best, that's for sure. <laughs> but, you know, bearing that in mind, obviously, let's go kind of zoom on. So we know you've had, you have this massive team. You have this visionary from the colour and all these different elements. But the big question is how you've got to have a certain element of self-belief, self-trust, self-motivation to 
to get all of this picture come together. And of course, being yeah. honest and wonder, let's talk about the spirituality behind your job. You know, what does it take? Do you yeah. carry, is that, to, to, you know, creativity has a certain burden in all, in all of us. It hits you at God yeah. knows what time. Do, do you, is there anything you spiritually find? Is there a magic in it? Where does the world of spirituality rely, you know, lie in your world? Do you know, it's really funny. All the times I've been interviewed and, and stuff, no one's ever asked me that question before, so this is a first. No way. Wow. Yeah, so no one's ever asked about the spirituality in any of this. They, they ask about, what's your favourite film? The, the, you know, the usual questions. You know what's really funny? Um, I'm a very spiritual person in the sense of, like, because of my upbringing and how I see the world and light and shade and sun and how you connect with people and how that if you could tell a film's when a film's really successful and it's done well i can guarantee you that everybody on set has been really happy or there's been the energy's been really and that's to do with people's spirits connecting and it's to do with people being open and free and i think if you're not it becomes stunted it becomes it doesn't work it becomes pedestrian where whatever you're doing, the music, the film, the photography, the, there's no, all the true people that I admire give, you have to give yourself. You can't, it's, it doesn't work otherwise. So, um, for instance, there were times I was saying to Paris that there's times when I was feeling very, like, because of lockdown, and I, and I made a film during lockdown last year, so, you know, it's, it, things can be done. Uh, but at the beginning, at the very beginning of it all, I remember the feeling, I'm going to say this because I do street photography and I do documentary photography, so I'm out there doing stuff and I'm always carrying a camera with me and I thought to myself, if I lose that, I feel like I'm losing a piece of me, a piece of my soul, a piece of me. My creativity is not being fed and it's feeding something within me, which is a part of my spirit. It's part of who I am, what makes me who I am as a creative person. And if I'd lost that, then, you know, I know that it would have a detrimental effect on me. Mm. So knowing that I, I just sort of use the time, use the time during lockdown to write, because I love to write. Um, and then this film happened and they sent out all the positive energy and then all of a sudden this, it was like a snowball how the film happened. It is another subject and it would dominate how, it, how the film was created but um, it, it was a situation where it came out of a conversation because I asked my gut, do you follow your gut feelings? Because I know for me, I can only speak for myself, mm. whenever I don't follow my gut feelings, things don't always go as <laughs> We speak about this all the time. You know, Francesca and I always say the power of intuition yeah is everything and if we think so and for a man that's amazing not saying that it's definitely not a masculine thing but you know as women we are very intuitive creatures everyone has an intuition but for you to actually live off that intuition that's an amazing trait to have for sure yes can i ask you something do you regarding what you just said about uh, writing i love to i love writing but would you uh, agree with the fact that only a generation of readers will spawn a generation of writers do you agree Do you know what I had? <laughs> Quote of the day. Read, if you can't read, you can't write. And if you can't yes. write, you can't read. So the answer to that is yes and yes. I yes. think you have to be able to. And do you know what's really funny? That's a, these, are, these are, by the way, these are great questions. Thank you. Um, 
The funny thing about that is, when I was young, I was kind of like dyslexic. I was very out of. I used to jumble my words up, and things were difficult. And you know, I'm sure my parents were worried about where, you know, my me as a person. This is a regular young boy growing up in London. What, what, how how am I going to cope? I was very very quiet, and they were really worried. They thought there's something wrong with me because I didn't speak much, and they they thought I couldn't hear. But I was just quiet. I was just in myself. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, sometimes the pieces of the puzzle fit, or you have a really good teacher. And that's another thing: having someone who, male or female, it doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's about someone who sees something in someone and goes, "Do you know what? I'm going to spend a little bit more time." The thing that you see, you can pile a whole pile of money up as big as the whole world, and then you can. And if you say to really human beings, love to feel appreciated, love to feel that someone's actually concentrating on them. I mean, the world, the way we've styled it now, the way that not we, but just certain aspects of the world is geared towards commercialism, and we've got they're planting that seed in our heads that we have to consume all the time. When what we really want to do is just be closer to to another human being, which the pandemic has really. Funnily enough, it's it's shown the people, even the ones who say, "Oh, I don't like really hanging out with people." They're the ones that are suffering the most because they really know what it's like not to hang out and not to actually associate with people. So, in answer to your question, um, yeah, I, I, you, everything that we have within us, and the whole thing about intuition as well. I think if you don't listen to that voice, it can say that little voice can say you need to read more. And you go, no, no, I don't. Because right. it's gone up here. That gut feeling here in your spirit is going, yeah. you need to read more. Yeah. And it's almost, it's so, the, the feeling and the, and, and the actual speed of that, that, that sensation is, is, is light speed. And you feel it. And then if you let it, if you leave it on the cooker too long, it, gonna, it's, it doesn't, you don't, you don't eat it. Yeah. Sometimes we are our own cheaters, in fact. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's 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 absolutely the right way of putting it, and we do cheat ourselves. And sometimes, you know, and I've done it to myself a few times, and it's really funny. I can tell you a quick story about it. Very quick. One day, this is years ago. I was on a bus. It was a beautiful day. I had my headphones on. It was all sunny, and this voice inside me that said, "Get off the bus. Just just go for a walk." And I was like, "I'm nearly going where I'm going." And I thought, "All right, let me just get off." And I walked around the corner, walked down the road, I was going, God, this day is beautiful. Headphones on, music playing. I thought, oh, I better go about my go back to where I was doing and go to get to where I'm going. So a week later, I got a call from a friend, this guy who I hadn't seen in years. And he said, I saw you get off the bus and I was calling to you, but you had your headphones with me and I couldn't, and you didn't listen. And then I ran into a friend of mine who had your number and I'd lost your number. And then that guy put me onto somebody else to do a job, which connected me to doing something else. Then I ended up doing this film, my first film. Wow. That's true. And that's sometimes you don't understand why, why, some things are not revealed to you straight away. And I truly believe this, that sometimes you do things, you think, oh, I'm not, I'm not getting anything out of this. Or it doesn't seem like anything's happening because it's not now. You know, I pick this up, I drink it, that's immediate. But some things aren't immediate. 
well, we often speak about this, don't we? It's that divine timing all the time. We say, you know, there is always, you know, we plant the seeds for the future. We do things and it's, it's the red pill, blue pill of life. You know, <laughs> if we take this angle, that angle, where will it lead us to present, you know, all that we desire and all that we're manifesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I would love to say something regarding being cinema, the reinterpretation of the world and the wall arts and the wall of techniques. But I would, I would say that a filmmaker must be a visionary at the same time. Not only uh, it doesn't have to reinterpret the world, the world, but it has to be a visionary. And in fact, uh, most of the times, um, film, film directors are very sensitive. And uh, I've been I noticed that there is a movie which is actually um is representing the covid nowadays or nowadays in yeah. the past so this filmmaker had the vision of this covid of this pandemic that was coming so sometimes in movies we can represent a reality that are not yet happened yet yeah so that's true and and um if you think about it science fiction becomes science fact uh if you look at something as simple as a tv series like uh Star Trek, where the guys had these pads that they were looking at and touching. Right. Yeah. Look at that happen 40 years later or 30 years later. Steve Jobs, Palo Alto, the hippies, they created the iPad. Yeah. Because the iPad was before the phone, but they yeah. shelved the iPad and then they moved on to this. So, um, and having that vision, having foresight is... And that's the whole thing. We're really going back to that thing of being in tune, being sensitive, knowing, listening to that voice, listening to doing things that will yes, open things voice. up. You know, and you're right, cinema is such a powerful tool. Yes, are, in any sense, uh, any world, yeah. We're all here. The first things that we ever use, the paintings, so there are people who are the peasants and they used to make these really amazing religious paintings. And you can imagine a little peasant who doesn't see any art at all. They never, don't forget, they never saw writings. They never saw anything. They just got up, did stuff, did the thing, you know, laughed, talked, enjoyed life. And if they went into a church, that's the first time they saw religious text. Like it was all kind of uh, uh, illuminated in this beautiful gold leaf and the reds and the sort of colors. That must have looked like the most incredible thing on earth to see that but they couldn't understand it because they couldn't read so you know but for them they go these guys are very special because they and it was mainly men you know all men and you know who were involved in this and they held the, they basically held the keys to the kingdom so to speak uh you know and then uh i think it's johannes gutenberg i think that the printing press was the one who just decided yes this is time to free us and, and let everybody have it. That's one of the most important inventions on the planet Earth, the, the printing press, as well as fire, of course, <laughs> and the wheel. Right. The printing kind of press. That every, yeah, exactly. Kind of important. You know, uh, just to give a little sparkle to this discussion, I remember that uh, I love Steven Spielberg. is one of my favorite directors. And he always yeah. remember his sentence that says that Hollywood is a place where they... Uh, pay a thousand dollars for a kiss and 50 cents for the soul. What would you say about that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, you know, uh, I think he's being comical there as well. I think he's yeah. not being 100% serious, but um, 
there was a there was a quote the other day I heard, which uh, is from the Bible actually, and it said, "What would it profit a man if he if he loses he gains the whole world and loses his soul?" And I was thinking this. I was thinking, I'm sorry to bring this up. I thought it's funny that that came up because the first thing that came into my mind was someone like Donald Trump. He would be, "What would it profit a man?" to lose the whole world and gain his soul. So I find he's someone who is soulless in a way. He, I may be, maybe the wrong thing to say, but you know, I just feel, gosh, sometimes that's why the, the word, the word things people say are very powerful. The word is the most one of the most powerful things and what we do, what and the image we project and how people see us as a, as a species on, on this planet, you know? And I think we've been doing incredible things and amazing things, but also, you know, we've done some pretty, pretty despicable things. But I think I really do hope and pray that people like yourselves were doing this, spreading messages of, you know, and it's like a voice in the wilderness crying out sometimes in all the mediocrity and all the, and all the nonsense of, uh, of, you know, everything's fast. It's like, you know, the McDonald's of music. Sorry for using that term. It's fast. It's, you eat it now, but you kind of feel hungry down the line, and that's what happens to your soul. Your soul gets hungry because you're not. It's not being fed properly, you know. Yes. But if you give people dirty water, that's all they're going to drink. For sure, and that's often what you know. Francesca and I talk about is that this world has become, and you know, with uh, we had Rui Philip on a couple of weeks or last week about uh, mm. the way the world is moving with technology, and we said that this world is constantly give it now providing now there is no long term in anything and i think to go back what you're saying with just the you know the trust in intuition the trust in creativity you know everything we do i think anything yeah. intelligence is a science too but there's a spirit science in creativity that i think yeah. that we don't even look at and i think this is something let's say if there's somebody who is inspired to start creating. Yeah. So I feel like Francesca and obviously Francesca, please let me know if I'm saying this wrong, but I think our position as wellness and wonder is because of course, someone will look at this podcast and say, well, you're speaking, you know, we spoke to someone in technology. We're speaking to now, you know, a cinematographer, <laughs> director, we, and that's our message. Exactly. We, we push that this is all connected. Everything has spirit. It everything is. has energy, you know, energy. And so people laugh and I often refer back to the relationship with my cat, but all I've ever done, and you know, if you know me long enough, you get to see my cat, but everything knows love everything knows power and of course this goes back to what you're saying with your your team and on your films that you push enough love regardless of their challenges it comes through and i think this is something that so many people need to look at in their creativity and what would you say to that person maybe wanting to get into the field that you do just you know it's, yes i really say it's really great That's i fine. love a great question you guys are full of great questions um do you know what it is? It's about doing it. I don't, there is no trick to it. There's no special sauce or there's no magic secret ingredient. I know sometimes in this game that people... The magic is the, is the result. Sorry if I interrupt you, Alfred. Yes, it is. And that's absolutely true. And it's also getting people together who are of like mind or people who giving other people a chance. If you see something in people and going, you know, I'm always, I'm all about 
you have to have the right intention in life to do things and mm-hmm. it's like doing good you have to sow those seeds you know they're they're kind of spiritual seeds not physical seeds but they're kind of actually sometimes more important because you know you it, 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 the ripples they just go on and on and on because if you do good and you help people it does come back maybe not instantly and you don't do things because you want it to come back straight away you do it because it's the right thing to do it's the law of karma and also yeah and also sometimes things don't work out for you even when you've hmm. done good right. and you think to yourself this isn't right but then things have a way of kind of like the universe has a way of kind of just adjusting and making things kind of what's the word for it just sit and fit into the right it's like there's like these kind of like spiritual cogs that you know they may be out then they all of a sudden they fit together and they start to turn and they turn in your favor and not because of you're doing things to get for gain it's because it's like a wheel mm. eventually your, your turn comes around again and sometimes people have a lot of good turns, <laughs> you know. For sure, for sure. I think that's... There, are, there is no, yeah, there's no, um, there's no, as my mum used to say, you have to wake up knowing that the world isn't fair. Then you, then that's a good way to wake up. Now, regarding what you just said, guys, about uh, these beautiful messages that cinema gives, uh, we, it is the how, not the what. So as it is the cinema, it is life. It is the how, the yeah. intention, like I said, and Paris. It is not the what, because then we lose the final result, which is the magic, the, the pure intention and the pure um, purpose. And I definitely think, obviously, and it just shows, because, of course, as, you know, health coaches and, and in our position where to try and, you know, lead people into a lighter spirit, lighter lifestyle, you, you know, we often get people who are challenged with the where they are at life you know they see their bad turns they see the challenges and of course they become consumed by that and of course for us it's such an important thing just to what you said that there's always a cycle and it's riding the it's the yin and yang of life you know it's understanding the darkness what it is the good for what it is and yeah sometimes the 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 bad bits mean longer but of course when you make a film you don't sit and go well I'm only going to make a film if it's going to be like you know, uh, Golden Globe winning, uh, you just make it. That's not the intention. The intention is to, you've got something to say. When I don't have anything to say, I'll stop doing it. Wow. And it's also to create something that, uh, it's like what Francesca say, you, you're, you have something to say, you've got to get it out because you know that end result is going to touch somebody somehow. If one person, if one person is moved, deep within their soul then you've done then you're doing the right thing and uh i remember my first film and we it was really it was such an amazing thing we showed it at the bfi set out and gregory was there and it was such an amazing thing you know and then it was shown at the barbecue which was another sellout thing i did a q and a and one after in the reception area there were people milling around and waiting and this guy came he was like he was waiting to see me and I just said and I was with friends I said listen I've got to speak to this guy because he's been waiting so I went and went and spoke to him I said how can I help you and he went um, I came to you first for but you know the first screening of the film at the BFI so oh, thank you so much and he said but it was really hectic and it was a premiere and you looked really you know it looked hectic and, I, and he said I just wanted to say something to you and I said so what's that and he said after I saw your film, I hadn't spoken to my father in like 10 to 15 years and I went and I phoned him that night. 
Wow. We reconnected and I thought, and I said to him, no, I said, look, then I said, look, I'm really touched. And I said, I've done my job then. You know, and I just thought that for me is the reason why I do what I do because, you know, and I've had some really good things happen with my second film and then the third and, you know, it's, it's in terms of pe it's moving people. So to me, that is, that is the, oh, what's, what's, what's the point I'm trying to say? It is the reason I do what I do. And I'm so incredibly happy and privileged and also blessed to know that this is, this is, this is the, this is the, you know, sometimes it takes a while to find out what it is you're going to do in your life. Right. Some people know what they're going to do straight away. Francesca in Paris, it's just like, some people just know I'm doing this. <laughs> they're lucky and that's very fortunate. Yeah. yeah. And some people are very fortunate that they know from a child that I'm going to be a concert pianist. You know, or you know, but sometimes it's the environment you're born in helps. Yeah. So it is luck sometimes, a lot of the time. Yes, it is luck, Alfred. I would say that uh, my luckiness came from doing things because I felt them. So not because I had to do, to do them, which is different. Yeah. When you have to do something, it's not really the same of when you feel you have to do something. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and it's true. Having to do something is in a sense, um, having to do something is, 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 it feels like it's forced and it's false. And it's, 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 it's in a sense, it's, it's, it's a negative, it's all negative. But if you, it's, it's like, it's like the whole thing about, I want yeah. to be in this relationship. I have to be in this relationship. <laughs> you know? Right. It's that thing. And it's that, I really got to go to work. I really want to go to work. Mm -mm. Uh, <laughs> yes. And you feel that excitement and you feel that, uh, you feel like I can't wait to see what's going to happen today. Yeah. You know, cause you, you and, and, and that's how like, you know, and it's like every day you get up a blessing anyway. Yeah. For real. You see yeah. the safest if it's, you know, it's not nice. I mean, it's like what the blinds close. It's a bit gray. It's a horrible gray that I don't like. It's gray. Which is really grim, <laughs> but there's also when it's sunny, it is absolutely completely. It's like there's two different worlds. It's like when the sun is shining and it's warm and the light, and you know it's spring is coming, and you get those gorgeous days. And light for me is incredibly important, and it's, it just triggers moods. And I can literally sometimes I'm, I get days where I'm transported back to when I was a kid or wow. times when I was away. And certain times, you know, Italy, when I lived there, has a certain light. France has a certain light. When I lived in New York, the light's different. Go to California, the light's different again. Go down south, you know, in, in America, you go to like Nashville and things like that, or North Carolina. A different light. Hong Kong, very different. Yeah. Australia, it's it's just it's just it's nuances in the light and how it shines and the land and the colours, which is beautiful. That's why all that's really beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful because it shows there's so much more magic to create as well. You know, you can hear that in, yeah. in how you speak that the creativity yeah. coming out of you. You've got like, you know, you've done well. You've got three and pending solid films that now we're going to expand to to this many and it can you can just see that from the passion of the way you discuss this it's it's fantastic you know i definitely know also francesca is super film buff aren't you all the time she's like tell me paris watch this film watch this film. <laughs> <laughs> yes because it, it opens you know your your imagination it, uh, it yeah. makes you 
travel in your mind that there is nothing better mostly now during covid we're at home we should we should watch amazing movies and and yeah. fly with our mind and and get out of this uh, routine which sometimes is a bit boring and watch an amazing movie that makes you feel different yeah visit and watch really great films watch classic films watch old films watch new films you know just 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 give re-equate yourself with some amazing stuff that was done before because they are all inspirational because if it wasn't for those people wouldn't be inspired by you know yes other things so that i i i, I you know to anybody out there listening you know and who's 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 going to listen to the podcast you know uh, and, and enough roundabout the question about you know if anybody wants to get into film just do it. I, my, my my one thing is is you could do stuff on here you could do stuff on anything just do it and then when you know that you really don't want to you, you get that drive and the urge i want to see what i want to do next then you sort of like graduate, get yourself a half decent camera. Nothing that's going to break the bank, you know, but something that you know will capture and you can start to build on that. And then, then if you know this is all I want to do, boom, go for it and just dive in, work with people, jump on, do stuff for free, do stuff for, do stuff, just create stuff yourself, you know, because we're in a really magical time. This is a really amazing time that we're living in where I shot two films myself you know and with the equipment i got you know it was broadcast quality wow the sound is broadcast quality you know yeah and i all fitted in a backpack and i traveled and we went around you know travel across america and did all that stuff in europe and it's all doable so wow. there is no there isn't an excuse the only excuse is if you just if you don't if you start to become mature as you were saying earlier on you yeah. shouldn't be doing it right or it should be just a hobby. And to invest in it, uh, thinking about the purpose of the um, final amazement, not only about the, the earnings that you get back, because then you can also enjoy the movie, like you said, Alfred. It's not about that. You're right, Francesca. And at the end of the day, it's, it's about it's it's the craft. Yeah. It's like being an artisan. If you're getting into this world, you're not necessarily going to make any yeah. money from it. Yeah. Sometimes films don't make any money. Sometimes you do great things years later they become great or sometimes we are fortunate that you do something and it starts to make some a decent amount of money or you know and that's all to do with being with the right place at the right time with the right people around and that's that another thing about having the right people around you too because mm. films are there to be seen and if no one sees your work well there's no point if it's just your friends and family that's nice but you need to you, you want people you don't know to see it so Whatever you have inside, the stories that you want to tell can be seen by other people. Yeah, so important. Yeah. It's, it's really magical. And yes, you just look at it. And there's one final thing, because obviously with my family, we watched Netflix, you know, with the dawn of Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Now film has gone from just cinema to DVD, now to this, of course, instant demand, too much, too quickly, everything. But just to also go off really what Francesca spoke about earlier with now, you know, the, this film's about what we're in now with the pandemic, but recently I've been seeing a lot of more films with spiritual content in. Do you think also mm. there generally is, and I, we often kind of ask this in every kind of way, every, every episode, but we seem to see that there's some sort of awakening. So this, this new thing on Netflix called uh, Behind Her Eyes, and they talk about astral travel, which is a very deep spiritual thing. Um, it is very. Very, very, but, 
it's turned it into something somewhat commercial. Do you think now yeah. cinema is going to be the path into this or what do you think? I think about this, people are going to be careful when they're doing these things that it's not trivializing or making it like, oh yeah, it's just something that they've made up and they've written. Because there are people who don't know about the native uh, tribes in 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 southern Americas, like you know the Incas and the Aztecs and the Mayans, um, and also the Native American tribes and South African tribes as well, who they're great the leaders or the or the sh- the shaman or the or the or the or the people who were the, the spiritual leaders of the thing used to do this. They used to leave their bodies unless they could travel across the universe. And if they believe that back then, and they could do stuff, right. you know, taking it back to its real form, we we're so caught up with technology that we still really don't know how they built the pyramids. We still really don't know how they built all those temples. We have an idea, but there's no blueprints. So, oh, that's how they did it. Right. We haven't been able to do you it know, again, have we? How do they get those stones that are monumental to fit like a glove? With no gaps in between. Are you kidding me? This is incredible stuff. So then that's just, that's architecture. That's masonry, you know, and this is not even, and then these guys, if you look, you know, it's that whole thing of looking when they fly over the pyramids from an aerial view, they're the same pattern as the constellation of Orion. I mean, give me a break. (laughs) Exactly the same. And also when they were new, they were covered in white limestone and capped with gold, so you could see them hundreds of miles away, and they shone like a beacon, so you know exactly where you're going. In alignment, excuse me, that's not stupidity. That's knowing. That's a, that's a next. That's another level of spirituality. Another level of, of being in touch with your the, the the you know your planet. Yeah. So, in answer to your question again, those shows may trivialize stuff true, like that people true. don't take it seriously mm-hmm. and they think oh it's just some kind of thing that they've written in the story yeah not knowing that there's more to it unless they go deeper but if you take it too seriously people would would would, would um would tune out so they have to sort of fantasize it a bit which i find a little, i don't know I, I you have to be careful with that stuff not to trivialize things that people that have a base in in reality that's true. And obviously this is probably something, you know, Francesco and I will go into at a later point, but that is exactly it, that we do need to be careful that with this new, yeah. every everything that we, we're having. So, like, you know, when, when the film Contagion came out, we never would have thought here we would be in this Western world going yeah, through. Yeah, we were involved in that, yeah. Yeah, ever. And I think well, that's... People- people joked about 28 Days Later, that's a, that's a different thing, but, right. you know, Contagion, Oh yeah, that's it's it's yeah, it's just a farcical thing about we're 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 still on top of things like pandemics and stuff because the last one was is it nineteen ten and or whenever right. it was or um, you know yeah but what we didn't realize that our generation have never known mine parents da 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 they didn't live in so we're talking two yeah. to three generations who had no idea what a pandemic is like so they're at the end of their one is when they came out of it. And they had little to no technology to deal with it in mm. like the way that we do now. Yeah. But anyway, we're going down there. No, no, well, it's, it's, hey, but the thing is, this is the conversation, you know, it's wrapping it all in and understanding yeah. that, yeah. that 
it's like technology bliss at the end of the day. I always think that when they had the Spanish flu and of course where they would have had, yeah. you know, the less, the other sides of the world where they had uh, the pandemics, I think part of the problem here is that we've had too much exposure to too much too soon with too, too little fact, I think. And so, as you say, I think you're both saying that the really creativity is the breakaway at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, but it is also at the same time normal, this, this evolution of the cinema that uh, represents the, the reality of the moment. So even bad messages can be transformed in positive messages, being cinema pure philosophy. I believe that it's normal now to have stronger messages while before was more, you know, completely different. I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, I just hope that people, you know, there's more stories told, which there are constant. Some are trivial. But there's a lot of, if you find the gems, the really great ones, they're, they're, they're just so uplifting and, you know, we need to laugh, we need to cry, we need to be, feel wonder. Yeah. You know, that's why there's the variety. There's the documentary, there's the drama, there's the feature, there's a, there's a docudrama. There's lots of stuff going on and there's the action film, sci-fi. There's something for everybody, right. you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, that's why I'm actually pleased and, and I don't want to be typecast into... He's just a music doc guy because I, you know, I'm working right. on a drama as well. So you know, but yeah, I do but love docs. Yeah, I do, I do love I do love documentaries. But I think that's also the joy of the time we're in too. That documentaries have become so much more popular than they were too because yeah. you yeah, yeah. they were really only available in a certain level of network. Where now, you know, particularly the true crime element of of the music docs and the true crime docs have come through stronger than ever. You know, of course we had we've got the Sam uh, Cook documentary. We've got all the big in two pack ones along with the endless amount of true crime, you know, so people who maybe didn't see their visual entertainment as, as uh, educational or topical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. that's become rather than the kind of, oh, I'm just going to watch a film. They're like, let's get into something deep. Let's watch a documentary. And that's such a lovely twist to, yeah. to opening, you know, the, the, the borders of, of what people are interested in now. So yeah, I'm I'm actually very like you know, in, in, well, I don't know about closing, but I, I'm I'm so privileged and, and blessed to be doing what I do for a living. Oh, amazing! Know. You are very lucky to be able to follow your dreams with your powerful force that is within you, and we can really feel it. Oh, I'm touched. And you guys, you guys are doing this is this is great, and you have asked very. There were so many first-time questions. It's ridiculous, and I've never been asked before. <laughs> so I don't think anybody else, unless they see this and steal your questions, but I don't think. I don't think uh, <laughs> They're probably going to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I can always say, well, originally Francesco and Paris asked me that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, you know, that was that in that interview, and you know, I. The, it's it's. They are very deep questions, and they're questions that need to be asked. And 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 um, and yeah, um, um, uh, thank you so much. You know, you know why, Alfred? Uh, we are asking you these questions uh, because you're a deep person, of course, and you can inspire people. So for us, it's very important with these messages of openness and depth at the same time to people because uh, you, like you, you, people like you, inspire the world. Oh, thank you. Well, I hope, you know, you can only, you can only, and the thing is, just like I said before, I just want 
one of the things I love so much is when you have a group of people together that you you mm. you, you you just get them together to work together and really create some of them lots of them don't know each other and they all come together and they create something. It's that thing you said project it's that end result. It's not it's not generally the journey. Sometimes it's when you see it, when you you see it shaping together, it's like oh, I remember yeah. the first time you have that feeling like, oh my gosh, I've I've made a film. The very first time oh, I remember wow. it was it was the most it, it was such an emotional time, it made me cry and I was just like it was really like, Wow, this is this is a big deal. And I and when it premiered at uh, the BFI screen one, the major screen where I went to watch famous film directors give their talks and the place was sold out it was huge and and i couldn't watch the film i was too nervous oh too nervous. wow i had to go in the green room and the guy came the guy who ran the he ran the, the London film festival and he said Stuart, yeah, Stuart ran said come here and sit down he goes would you like a drink <laughs> said, yeah. he goes he goes you should be proud he goes your first film tick he goes Premiering, yeah. the BFI screen, you know, screen, uh, BFI. He goes, take it. It's more than a book, Alfred. It's the it's world much more. Art, techniques, visuals, messages. It's yeah. everything. So it's, it's, it's pure art. Pure. It's a fact. It's the, and it's like my second feature. And I'll just say this, another thing. It was about a guy called Jim Marshall. And, and that was an incredible journey, that film. That's, that's, that was a game changer in terms of my career as a, as a, as a, as a project. And, but I was responsible to tell the story of a true, somebody's life, a real story. And I remember when we went to San Francisco, it premiered there at the San Francisco International Film Festival. I was really scared because that was his hometown. Um, a lot of his friends still were alive who were around in the 60s and 70s at Woodstock. Wow. Ultima, who were there, who were also jumping photographers and people who were doing some incredible work. And I was, I made a film, we'd made a film about, you know, their friend, right. who they knew well for all of his good points and bad points. And, oh my gosh, you know, I remember the guy, I was standing outside the theatre, one of the ones we were premiering, and the guy goes, you heard the director, right? And I was like, yeah, he goes, okay, all right. <laughs> and Amelia Davis who runs Jim's estate and he was his close friend and assistant he left everything to her that's to show you how much how much love he had for her and she took care of his estate anyway <laughs> Amelia goes don't worry about these guys they're all, they're all, all of these old cronies are going to come out they're going to give you the once over and our one guy after the film was shown it was like oh the, the plot it was and one guy came came up to me and goes hey man he was really a tear to you guys he goes you brought him back man you brought him back he goes what's and all he goes you told you told it like he was and that touched me because I said I wanted to make a film about, you know, to, to me they asked what kind of film you want to make. I said, I felt it's Jim's film. It's just a man, about a man with all of his faults. With all of his faults, he was so unbelievably gifted and talented. He was. It was ridiculously. But he paid the price creatively because he... It's a big story. Like it's not, I can't go into now, but it was to, to the point where... And that's all to do with love and the loss of love. And I always say in the interviews about a film, if Jim's father was a nice guy, none of us would be sitting here. Wow. Because he would have taken a different path. He would have been somebody very special. That was, I know for sure. Photography might have been a hobby, but he would have definitely been either a race car driver or something to do because he loved mechanics and he understood 
the mechanics of things. So I truly believe that the guy would have been special regardless, but he, he, those photos wouldn't exist. Wow. In, in his life, he took 1.2 to 1.3 million images, frames. Jeez, that's crazy. It is. Oh, he was there. He was, he was friends with Hendrix Davis, Miles Davis, uh, Bob Dylan, Janis Joplin. He was everywhere. Great. And he was on. He went on the Stone Seventy Two tour, which is <laughs> you guys would have. No. You guys would have been useless on that tour. <laughs> that was nothing right. to do with wellness. No, it was. It was all hedonism. But you know, and he survived that. He survived that. But um, it was just so amazing to tell his story and to and the fact that we won a, won the award for it and 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 yeah. It's it's he is that's it's to do with creativity, love, loving oneself, knowing that if you can't love you, how can you give it out again? And then that's all to do with being well and, and being in the right place. But you know, towards the end, he learned to do that. He did learn to do it. You know, yeah. In a way, it was a bit late, but he did learn to do it about giving too much away. But he was a very special individual, and and. I admire his work grow deeply. Wow. And you said the power word here, which is the word love. Obviously, we've got our queen of uh, love and expression here as well. So <laughs> those who have listened to every episode, we know the moment we use the L word, everything lights up. I guess. <laughs> I only believe in love, Alfred. There is no, there is a, she's very similar to me. We, we have the there same values, but I believe that, yes, is my fight. If, if Without love... I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to be so strong and to be so. Driven. No, you can't. Yeah, you're right, and, yeah. and that's the thing. And and the first journey that none of because we're told we're in a way it's almost like we're taught not to love ourselves because it's a bad thing. Really? No, it's not. You can't be a complete person until you look in the mirror. No matter what you look like, and go, you know what? Hey, I love me. Yeah. And then you'd be surprised the people who have got there and understand it. Sometimes they're not these amazing looking people. No, far from it. Those are the people sometimes who have the most hang-ups, but sometimes these people who are just like, you guys are fortunate, I mean, because you're already spreading this journey, so you're already aware of what's going on. And unfortunately, you're both very attractive women, which is, you know, how dare you? But um, And be so loving and giving out all this wonderful stuff, which is great, you know? But it's the fact that you look at it, you love yourself, and then all of a sudden, people get drawn to you. It's yeah. like, no, stuff that's coming out. It is, absolutely. And what it is also, it's like you shine a light and your light shines absolutely really brightly. And then all of a sudden, it's like a moth. They all go, they all start, everything's, and things happen, things come to you, situations. It's so true, Alfred. Thank you for reminding that. And people don't think think it's a load of crap, and excuse my language, but they and it's not. It really isn't. And I've tested this thing time and time again. When I'm not, when I was like feeling great on top of the world, I'd walk down the road and I'd be like, it's like I'm like, boom, stuff it's is coming energy. out of me. Yeah, yeah. I could talk to the road sweeper and he'll be like, hey mate, how you doing? And it's like you come, it's like you, and then you, you have an arm around you. Nothing yeah, will happen to you. Nothing will happen to you. Yeah, what we give, we receive. Even in a movie, if you give your love, your energies to the team, to the to the people working with you, you receive it back after. Yeah. Like in life, we give to receive. Completely. 
And that's, that's exactly it, you know. So we come back to our key point all the time. Regardless of what you do, as long as love is first, you're going to succeed. Yeah. You know, the, the love, the energy, the power. And of course, it's been I such, agree. such an honour to have yourself a king and master of of the visual you know we haven't even touched on your photography as well we've hit we've definitely gone past our story yeah it's a big story we've got to go through that too but now is there anything that you can tell our listeners of what we've got to watch out for next of course you won the grierson well an award for uh, the story of jim marshall so what else do you have to tell us next what's the next thing we're going to watch from alfred george um the current film now, which is on Sky Isles, which is uh, um, I Still Breathe, I really implore people to watch it because it's, it's... I made it during lockdown and I gave a voice to these young people who were incredibly articulate, incredibly knowledgeable about what's going on in the world. Some of them were quite... It, I don't want to say too much, but it, it's just... It's just, I'm really proud of that project because everybody said yes on it. And it's a short film that was done during lockdown and, and it had in it and working with some great people. And I'm, and I'm very proud of it. And then now I'm working on, uh, I'm working on a documentary series, which is, you know, and also uh, I've been approached to do some films. Uh, so there's a lot happening and I'm just like literally working away at, in the coal mine, right, <laughs> the creative, right. coal, the creative cool. coal mine. And, and then uh, I think later in the year, uh, there'll be something, you know, there'll be some announcements or maybe sooner that, you know, that, uh, but um, I just keep busy and I just tell everybody just do. You, the creative time. Francesca in Paris, I just have to say one thing before I sign off that. People feel that lockdown, uh, they see it negatively. I've won an award during lockdown. I made a film which we went on Sky straight away pretty much. Wow. And now it's doing all the festival rounds and we're being submitted to so many festivals. Uh, work found a writing part of you guys have come into my life, which is incredible. I mean, it's so much really good stuff has happened. So I, I feel really kind of guilty when I say that it's been negative. It hasn't. Right. Oh, yeah, I could do it going to Soho and meeting my friends and just doing my usual kind of like, you know, the usual stuff. But, you know, mm-hmm. creativity-wise, it's not enough hours in the day. I literally, it's like Monday, next thing you know, it's Friday, <laughs> which is incredible. You know, the weeks are definitely not dragging. No. <laughs> They're not dragging. They're like, Shoop. And of course, in the UK, we just announced we've kind of got two weeks and the world's going to start to open back up again. How's it going over there, Francesca? Here, all good in the wood. I would say that, yes, in general, when we are going through these moments, uh, we sure. realize creativity can help us to let it out, whatever it is, too much happiness, too much too much craziness, too much sadness. We have to let it out using our creativity. So the most important, as you said, guys, is to create. No, that's for sure. Well, thank you we'll so see. much for we'll joining see. us. For those no, who listen, thank you. Thank you. And of course. Thank you, Francesca. To remind everybody we're here. You can catch us on Spotify. In fact, almost every platform. Now we've made it onto iHeartRadio. And Francesca, what do we have to tell everybody? What do we have now? Oh my God, we have a beautiful platform where we are going to show you all our beautiful artworks slash episodes slash amazing interviews like this one today. And so we present you amazing people while connecting you to our values, which are based on love, magic and all the beautiful things. 
on Wellness and Wonder. So go to www.wellnessandwonder.co.uk now and you can find everything there. All of this, you'll find Mr. Alfred George Bailey, who we've had the honour of interviewing today. And uh, next week, it's just me and Francesca for a change, isn't it? It's us talking about yes. compassion next week. A little uh, pause from uh, interviews, uh, because after Alfred would be difficult to interview someone else that is so powerful. <laughs> we need a so, week off. We need, we need a little break. <laughs> no, but it's actually true. But we, we want to do a catch-up about spirituality between me and Paris, about mm -hmm. uh, something that we're going to reveal soon. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll definitely drop in and listen to that one. Yes. Good. Thank you so much for joining us again, Alfred. And no, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you both. Really, it really is a pleasure. Really. And like I said before, you've asked some incredibly unique questions which I haven't been asked before, which, um, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. I really appreciate. Yes. Super. Wonderful. We'll take care. Take care, guys. <laughs>